The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Good morning and welcome back to the podcast, Culture Insanity. Uh, yeah, we were gone for the last month, I guess it was. Just about a month. Um, a couple of us were on some vacation um, that was about 10 years in the making, so we're back now uh, with episode number three, season two. Uh, and there's some, some things we've got to talk about, um, not the least of which is the Michael Jackson um ongoing saga, I guess you'll call it, um, that has resurfaced in the last month or so. I think we briefly touched on it last time, but it continues to be a trending topic and developing developing um, narratives and you know issues that we want to talk about. So um, that's going to be probably, I imagine, a big portion of our show. So Michael Jackson, um, there's things um, like something popped up with John Wayne. So maybe one of Pastor Monty's Heroes. You like John Wayne? <laughs> no? It's all right. Really? Hmm. Interesting. I took you for a John Wayne guy. Um, you know, older people, westerns. You like westerns? Not not too much. I like westerns, but I don't I don't really have any heroes. You know, people idolize. <laughs> okay. You know, actors and what have you. What about like, Karen Carpenter? Uh, no. What about I Tom mean, Selleck? No. What about uh, I didn't mean I didn't even mean Tom Selleck. I meant uh Stacy Keach. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Wow, I can't. Steven, Steven Co- Seagal. Kojak. Steven Seagal. Um, Telly Savalas? Let's, yeah, Telly Savalas. Steven Seagal. Uh, Steven Seagal. You know, I like his acting. Oh, yeah, Steven Seagal, totally. If push comes to shove, we're going to call prepared. we're gonna call him one of your movie heroes. <laughs> he totally is. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, he likes to quote Steven Seagal in, in Under Siege. Well, the, there are certain for. there are certain comments that he makes is just great, you know. <laughs> uh, anyways, so that uh, we have the office um, resurfacing in the news. Something we touched on um, just briefly, I think, last season, early on, as far as the the um, acceptability of a show like The Office in today's um, climate. So that's there. Um, Alyssa Milano continues to be in the news for bold claims she makes, and then there's things like uh, Captain Marvel. So some of these things we may or not may get to, may or may not get to, just because, um, yeah, like I said, the Michael Jackson thing is a big topic. So um, as we're as Josh is getting the technical side of things going, maybe we'll start off with a um, something uh, less whatever. Um, so. John Wayne. So maybe I'll, I'll throw it to you first. So <laughs> John Wayne. So um, by the way, you were added to the thread, yeah, to to our little yes. group chat thing. Have do you are you tracking those articles and stuff? I'm I know you at, keep up on the news in general. I'm looking at some of those. <clears throat> things, did you yeah. see the John Wayne thing? I am aware that there's some controversy, and you know, I mean. <laughs> so just before you start, before you start. Um, so John Wayne has has made his way into the news. All these dead people keep popping that up in the news. That chair is terrible. Oh. You know the thing is, is that <laughs> it's really it's not appropriate. Hold dead on. people Hold can't on. defend themselves. Okay, yeah. Let me so let me give the context of why John Wayne is is in the news. So John Wayne is in the news, um, 
and people, whoever people is, I'm not sure, there might be just a petition going around to remove his name from John Wayne Airport outside of Los Angeles (laughs) and take down also the, you know, very large statue that I think sits outside of it. I've never been there. I don't know. Um, Never flown into there. Um, But to remove his name from the airport because of an interview he gave in 1971 or something like that. So half a century ago, um, an interview he gave in Playboy magazine. um, And he made some comments that are being isolated and honed in on classic, classic um, out of context um, story where he said something about, um, I think there's a couple things in it that are being whatever, but specifically um, something he said about white supremacy. He believes in white supremacy until black the black community community can be educated responsibly. So what the full context of that article is and what that specific statement is, um, I encourage people to look into. Um, I think his son came out in defense of him and said it was like an eight-hour interview with Playboy magazine, so on and so forth, um, and it's being taken out of context, um, whatever. So John Wayne is in the news for these things. People want his name removed because how can a per- how can we, how can we um, recognize a person that has such shocking um, stances, social stances or whatever. Uh, so now, now I'll cede the floor to you as your initial response. Well, my initial response is people need to get over themselves. I mean, when you're dealing with something like that, first of all, as you said, it's like a half a century ago. So you're dealing with a whole different social context which is present. And, and uh, he's talking within that social context. And then you also have the fact that, uh, I don't know, have any of those people out there that are doing the complaining, have they ever sat through an interview and then looked at the, the product of that interview? I think it's funny I mean, because <laughs> it's an interview. You can't with, trust what they're going to put right. <laughs> I think it's just kind of ironic, if that's the right word, that uh, it's out of Playboy magazine. Yeah, it's yeah, not well, like Playboy magazine. Is I mean, you can make something out of that most, if you want to do the most wholesome teachings. Oh right? come on! Everybody <laughs> gets Playboy for the for the articles. <laughs> Actually, they were known for having provocative like conversation starters, as I understand. It. I never you know subscribed, but um, I think they did have a reputation for for having, a while. Their articles is all they had. Really. Yeah, they stopped doing like pit oh, stuff. like recently. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, back yeah. though because yeah, they're back <laughs> because you can. <laughs> you, yeah, the sales kind of had us <laughs> right, <but> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's interesting. I have a question posted up there on our board that says, "In today's climate, can a person safely be recognized for their deeds and achievements?" Um, yeah, in today's climate, can a person, people who are dynamic, right and hold many different whatever and so i'm sort of dismissing in my question i'm sort of um not dismissing but setting aside why people are up in arms about it but maybe a better maybe a better way to put it was if if this is the the standards that we want to to go by like how many people can honestly be like recognized how many people are faultless out there well you know that's the thing i mean so many the, the People like literally that, have zero people, faults, and so we should recognize them. Well, like, people get you know their shorts in a tither um, over the the wildest things, and and they're not taking into context. 
not even anything about themselves. So they're really being hypocritical. And I just don't think, like I said, you know, when people come up with this type of stuff, I'm like, get over yourself. You know, first of all, nobody's perfect. Everybody, everybody says something at one time or another that if you want to pull it out of context, it, you know, would not be good. So, you know. And while I stand by everything I say. <laughs> well, it's crazy. And if somebody said to me, <laughs> you know, Pastor Monty, you said this 30 years ago, I'd go, oh, yeah, I probably did. Yeah, it's it's a real. I think think it's a real danger. <clears throat> Sorry, a real danger because of we live in a social media like age, right? Oh yeah. And uh, so, how long has Facebook been around for now? Like um, 10, 15 years. First, first part of the two thousand eight. Yeah, I like say. first yeah. half of the. Yeah. yeah so two thousand eight. So you have ten plus years of what people said, like, and it's recorded, and you yeah. can go back and look at it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's a real threat. Which politicians don't seem to understand. <laughs> yeah. Politicians don't know that you can actually go back and look at what they said a couple of years ago and fact check against them. Yeah. It's like, wow, really? So, but are you saying that you that because you said something 30 years ago, it doesn't matter today? I'm saying that most people speak out of the context of where they are societally, what the demographic is they're dealing with, and what their opinion or their feelings about it are at that time. So you have to ask yourself, do the demographics that we live in change? Do the, does the social context that we live in change? Does the, is it possible that people can modify or even do a 180 on an opinion that they might have at one time in history? That can change also. So we have something which is very fluid and dynamic, not locked in stone. So to say that somebody said something 30 years ago and pull it out of context and put it in today's social dynamic and then to criticize that individual without hold without looking at it uh, appropriately, um, no, I don't think that. I think, as I said, I think those people need to get over themselves. And most of the time, this is my my observation. Most of the time, when you fact check these people or you look at where they're coming <laughs> from, you find out very quickly that they're rather shallow in how it is that they process these things, and they're hypocritical to boot. I think it's weird how people pick and choose, like, these people, these icons. Like, for example, like, the first person I think of is, like, um, MLK um, Jr., right? Like, most people would widely consider him to be, like, at the top level of, you know, American Americans who, you know, achieved a lot for, you know, the country and for all the things that he did. Um but he also has a side to him that is not, you know, widely known or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm not impressed. Um, as far as, you know, his, um, what do you call that? Personal life? Personal life. Yeah, yeah. MLK had some issues that I would take but issue that with. Does, but does that mean, yeah, and, and you should, right? But does that mean we dismiss everything else he did? 
Of course not. So I think it's just interesting. And John Wayne is one of those people. Like he was like recognized by the president, for example, for his achievements and his um, for cultural achievements and in his in his industry and things of that nature. Um, airport named after him, so on and so forth. But he also, if if this is true, like if even if it's within the context of of what he said was within a context of that ideology or whatever. Like, does that mean we just throw away his his achievements and other things? And so I think it's interesting how people... And then is it because he's a white man? Like, but Martin Luther King is a black man. So, like, you don't touch him, but because John... Like, so it's just really... It's really weird. Well, I mean, and we have a whole group of people out there that, that are revisionists, and they want to revision. They want to, right. to rewrite history <clears throat> and to only keep those things that they feel are important to them. I just think it's a really dangerous standard, but I think it's a standard that applies across the board even today. I mean, when, when we look at the personal lives of some of our politicians, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go to necessarily their political choices, but we look at the personal lives of some of our politicians and we think to ourselves, you know, they're not good politicians because they make personal choices that we disagree with. I think it's very similar, and I think that the history record shows that. I mean, you know, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now do we say that he wasn't one of our presidents? <laughs> I mean, it just is what it is, and it's a very—it's a standard I would never want to be held to. And you know, like being a pastor, as you both are, it's like we're in the church and we live in a glass house. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> if you're in a position of leadership, then what an what an impossible standard to be held to—that you mm-hmm. have to be perfect. Yeah, I read a this and, is, and and perfect is arbitrary too. Perfect yeah. is a social construct. It's not, you know, I, a biblical one like it should be. Out, outside the context of, of the John Wayne story, I was watching an interview of a of a of a like a soccer coach. Um, and you know, that's part of their job is dealing with media. It's all part of the, the business, right? And he's pretty outspoken about hating that part of his job because He's asked like these difficult questions um, on the spot, like that these journalists, for example, have a week to come up with, and he's asked it on the spot and expected to right. answer perfectly in thirty seconds, or else he's condemned for you know an answer. Oh, and so yeah. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really, uh, and I'm not saying that exactly applies to his situation, John Wayne, but I sympathize. Well, empathize. not only whatever not, I sympathize for those people like they're asked these questions and what they're supposed to have a fully fleshed out, you know, answer to this question on the spot. Like it's it's a, it's not easy, man. Well, OK. And let's let uh, and I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, he's an actor. <laughs> he's not an intellectual giant. I don't know about that. No, 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 that. no. That's true. He didn't. He didn't have a college education. Okay. Neither did Abraham Lincoln or Bill Gates. Nonetheless, you know, consider what it is that he does for a living. What? <laughs> and the fact that he reads scripts, he reads and memorizes scripts, and now you're going to want him. You're going to hold him to an impossible standard uh, that that even uh, social scientists and sociologists would have would would have disagreement on how to approach it 
and then added to what you said and to answer that extemporaneously in a couple of moments I, no it's not it's not fair i mean i i agree with you that it that it's i agree with you that he isn't a, a perhaps a verified expert on the subject but i think it's a little bit harsh to say that he can't um, have a, person, a person who's states. acting just reads scripts oh i will no i will tell you what i i mean we look at our current atmosphere with all of these actors and actresses and and uh you know and music personalities uh wanting to interject on subjects that really they have no qualification to except that they're famous because of what they do is in their art form. But aside from that, they're unqualified to speak on so many levels. And it's like, you know, all right, I'm okay with you singing, but when you start giving me your philosophical background about how you disagree or, or agree with something and you don't know what you're talking about, shut up. Do we really... Do we really want to censor public um, the public from having an opinion? Do we really want to say that only social scientists? Oh, are, everybody has an opinion. Yeah, and and everybody's opinion. And that's my opinion. And, Shut up. And everybody's opinion can be informed, but many times it is not. Yeah, but when who, I listen but, to people but, run commentary but you all day long, but judging it on a person, they don't know what they're talking. But judging about. it on a person's profession, their chosen profession is that's a little uninformed. No. Yeah, it is. There I'm are never uninformed. Okay. There are plenty of people. There are plenty of people who have chosen to be actors, but are incredibly smart and are incredibly qualified. Oh, theater actors in particular. Okay, so then what are you, what are you why are you making a, a statement like that? That statement is incredibly insensitive. He was not which I'm known, you know, for my sensitivity. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was not um dynamically educated in the area that he was talking about. He was he was talking about as I already explained this. He was talking within a specific context and a specific um you know, area that he had some knowledge of because of his uh, exposure to people in the in the uh, arts world that he lived in. But you're saying that but off the, the real, cuff, right? You the, haven't studied that John Wayne isn't, you know, doesn't know these things. Like, think about, I know this is, I know he's not everybody's favorite person, but think about Bill Cosby. Like, Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby was... Bill Cosby has a earned phd i know but that wasn't i know but that wasn't his chosen profession and that's my point you're speaking off the cuff about john wayne do you know that about john wayne i know that he's that he's not a social scientist okay this is when you hit the button (laughs) but as i said bill cosby bill cosby has an earned phd in education yeah i think he's got a couple He's done, well, he's got several honorary degrees, but aside from that, he's very well educated. So they're not not even the same. Well, that's my point, is that without actually knowing, you can't make a statement about actors. It takes a lot, for just so you know, as one who is a part of Troop 75 of the National Thespian Society. It takes, <laughs> ah, it so, takes so, a lot. So it comes out. 
Yeah, it comes out. Yes, yes. No, it absolutely comes out. I'm a person who has authoritative knowledge of acting. Okay, I've so been as my as, share as of in, I'm, ah, but I'm see, but you're not a verified world. actor, as you would say. Well, because in my day, we didn't have thespian society. Uh, that's not true. So, your maybe your school didn't have it, but um, in any case, <laughs> as an as somebody who is who has been verified as an actor with over a hundred hours in theater. Um, I can tell you that actors are oftentimes very, very, very smart. Well, I I know that you said that to try to impress me. No, it's not to try to impress you. But my overall response is, I'm not impressed. Okay. (laughs) John Parker says, it's a ridiculous and impossible standard. No one is perfect and nothing is, quote unquote, private anymore with the digital age that we live in. Yeah, John Parker's right. Um, Okay, moving on. You had... You had said something just a moment ago that it would have been a more perfect segue, but that's okay. All right, let's uh, – our – maybe not jump right into that topic. Our defending champ said he's up to fight off, to square off. Okay. You on that should be Jackson fun. Trivia. That yeah, should be fun. That's why I told him. I said good luck. Um, so what else we got up here? Um, the office. We could probably hit that quickly. Sure. Um, so an article came out. Um, what what source was that? Um, the New Republic? No, that's Michael Jackson. The Federalist. So article came out. Which jokes from The Office are problematic in today's you know t- climate? Um, all of them is yeah. all of them is the person's answer. All the good the ones. Answer is all of them, and also none of them. Uh, there. I'll, I'll, just, post, I'll post the article. Yeah, I'll post an article. I'll read a snippet. Um, there can be no tongue-in-cheek list of offensive scenes because you either recognize Michael Scott or Dwight Schrute or Todd Packer or Kevin or, you know, et cetera, Andy Bernard. Um, either you recognize that as satire or you don't. And if you don't, The Office is just a nine-season platform for naked bigotry, which is, <laughs> which is true. Um, so the question is, um, is the show's legacy... Um, and this will segue into MJ here. Is the show's legacy in danger due to the shifting cultural acceptances and stuff? What do you guys think? And like I said, we talked, we touched on this briefly last season, early on. Well, what are, what's what are we asking? Is the show like is hmm, is the show's legacy in if danger recall, of like being a, looked at differently over the course of history? Yeah, yeah, of course. Differently. I think I think Steve Carell said himself last year, and probably this is what. That he doesn't want to go back into it. That he doesn't think it could even be made. Like, even they'd be talked about being made. Like, it wouldn't even make it that far. Like, I have this show, and it's about this guy. You know, well, like, it barely it barely survived its first season on top of that. Mm. It just it was it came at the right time. So The American version? The American version, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course. Of course it's of course it's in danger of you know, the office is is certainly not it certainly doesn't have a monolithic following in American culture. I mean, it is, as far as uh, we've been told, like on Netflix, it's like the number one show that's streamed. Um, and it has a huge following. I was talking to Gio on the streets. We need to bring that back. <clears throat> yeah, we need to get a hold of Gio. Maybe we can call him up. Uh, but I was talking to Gio, who's he just graduated from high school. So, you know, he cool. should be in his first year of college. 
he's almost there. Yeah. And oh yeah, no, he just couple, turned eighteen. He months. just turned eighteen. My bad. Yeah. Our boy's grown up. Um, I just talked to Gio, and he was saying that like everybody in his age group watches The Office. Hmm. They watch it streaming, and it ended like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it's not not everybody likes The Office. I know some people who don't, but it's usually because they haven't actually tried. Um, but with that said, it's like, yeah, it's 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 not so classic that it can't be erased from history. Hmm. You know, it didn't it didn't uh, win the Revolutionary War or something. <laughs> well, a... my disclaimer would be that I've never watched a full episode of The Office. That's really your loss. Aside from that, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> but but um, I, there are a couple oh, of things. Oh, that's not supposed to be a joke. <laughs> no, no, that's oh, really okay. true. I've never watched a full episode of The Office. How appropriate. Something that wasn't there supposed to be a joke was a joke. Yep. Um, but... Uh, the office, aside from that, um, there are two things which our our society is is drifting more and more towards. And the first thing is is that um, not only is the office in danger uh, as a as a show uh, that uses satire as a show, social mechanism, but uh, stand up comedy is also in that same area. Yeah, we've totally touched on this before. Yeah, absolutely. Because two things that people don't understand in society today are are satire and hyperbole. It was uh, it was an older comic Mel who Brooks? said, "Yeah, it was Mel Brooks who said yeah. something very similar about a year ago." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and so I think that that programs like The Office um, which I, I know people that love it um, but, yeah, you know, it's like everyone you I mean, look every, at, right? Every time I turn around, one of my sons is constantly telling me, <laughs> oh, Dad, you got to check out. Yeah, I'm like, really? I don't got time for that nonsense. You should make but, time. But the the reality is, well, I'll take the History Channel over the office any day. Right. Well, at least but, the office knows that it's fake. Well, yes, that's true. But, but the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will always have closet office people who even if it becomes socially unpopular uh, and is not accepted amongst <laughs> the uh, and is not and is not uh, I'm a closeted office fan. yeah 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 and is not I like a, the ridiculous nature of these characters and it's, how it's it's not so amongst well it's true and it's <laughs> it's it's not amongst the uh, you know the uh, people who who govern what is accepted socially or not socially the little social memes out there but the reality of it is you will always have closet office people and it may be at some point driven to just be a, a cultic type thing but just um, a cult following uh, yeah 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 and there and there there um there are uh things in uh, in the arts and the social media that take on that uh, motif for example uh uh you're familiar with I know you might you may not be but but you're familiar Trying. Josh with the uh the Rocky Horror show I of am. course I am yeah. that well, movie cult following clearly not mainstream but people who you talk to uh I've known people that have seen it 10 20 times they just they just love it it's really popular here in Portland yeah yeah I have no idea why yeah, it's popular it would be here in Portland <clears throat> uh there's a, this is an interesting <laughs> snippet from that office article 
all my theater friends were into it. They'd talking go every about, night at midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah every yeah, every weekend yeah. at midnight. Yeah. This is talking about the dilemma, dilemma, quote unquote, and making Michael Scott a likable character despite his obvious right <laughs> um, flaws. Um, the effect of making Michael likable is that he illustrates how good people are capable of horrible, outdated behavior. That's actually a timely lesson, given the growing impulse to dismiss yep. anyone who's ever committed a thought crime from polite society. It's true. So, sort of a consider this, you know. That's and that's. I mean, that was a problem that they ran into at the end of the first season. Now, this is this is more trivial knowledge, but yeah the first season's only six episodes long i think and it because uh, it was a half season mid-season filler and michael scott was really unlikable because he just was a just terrible person a bad guy. <laughs> he was yeah. a bad boss yeah and so they retooled him in the second season to be more childlike mm. and so he was a lot more naive and and he just kind of wanted to do the right thing but he sucked at it <laughs> And, and I think that, that did the wrong thing, and that's the thing. thing. Michael Scott is an everyman in that regard. Hmm. Well, so. I think for me the difficulty is is that I spent, and if you're in the private sector, then a lot of people like The Office because they can see similarities to what they experience on a daily basis. Sure, all the their, archetypes are there in their own work. Um, you know, being a uh, a government worker. Um, and for the last 15 years of my career, being pretty much on my own, I didn't go into the office unless I had, unless I had to. And I, you know, so I was in the field most of the time and only went into the office once or twice a week. So I never really experienced those types of things. And, you know, if my boss and I had issues, I would put him in his place and then leave. Because I didn't have to deal with him. He chose poorly. Well, he did chose poorly <laughs> if he chose to mess with me. Um, you know, there's more than once that I would tell my boss that, you know, I've forgotten more than you know, so don't <laughs> don't push me. That's a great line. I've never sat in an office setting. I just like it because it's absolutely ridiculous. I'll be honest. The inappropriate person that Michael Scott is is lives deep inside my soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's okay. a little there's a little boy version of me, and his name is Michael Scott. <laughs> uh, okay, there you go. Two things we should do our trivia thing, but first. Okay. Can they see this? I just realized yeah. this is playing. <laughs> yeah. In fact, John the Parker commented on it. Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. It's it's Max Fleischer's oh, Superman. Oh, okay. It's a good thing we don't receive money for this show because we could probably be like <laughs> sued or something for profiting <laughs> off of showing, issues, showing yeah. someone else's material. <laughs> All right. So Defending Champ is going to get phoned in for Michael Jackson trivia since Michael Jackson is the trending topic. Who's, who's playing? Uh, his name is Greg Oh, is he playing against us, or is he playing, playing with... against you? I'm playing against you. Oh, me. Yeah, He's playing I... against you. Oh, Hello, geez. Greg. Greg, tell us a little about tell us a little about yourself, real quick. <laughs> You're the defending champ. Yes. And where do you where are you from, Greg? I am from sunny Southern California. Beautiful. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, phoning in, if you will. So. Michael Jackson trivia is is what's on the on the books today. Considering that's what's everything tre- that's what's trending in the news. So what's what we go for? What's relevant? So okay. you're going to be up against co-host Josh here, who is uh, has has a thorough knowledge of Michael Jackson. We'll just put it that way. Just pop culture in general. 
Also, let me ask you, is he wearing a sparkly glove as we speak? No, yes. He's, he's wearing a Batman shirt <laughs> and glasses. <laughs> so, okay. So, maybe I'll give you... And you those, aren't, those aren't sparkles, Greg. They're sequins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, here we go. What is the name of the skin... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Kick us off with the right oh, with the yeah. right, with the okay, right sound. Oh yes. Time you can't hear it right now probably. But uh, your favorite time to play the game is playing. Time to play the game! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. First question. Uh, during which performance did Michael Jackson do the moonwalk? Motown twenty five. Uh, we're looking for looking for a song name. Looking for Billie a song Jean. name. Billy Jean. Billy Jean. That's correct. <laughs> Off, off to a flying start, Greg. Uh, yeah. What is the name of the skin condition? Vitiligo. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, he beat you to that one too. <laughs> Before I can even uh, finish the question, um, whom did Michael oh, Jackson? Who got it? Josh got it. Sorry, he answered before I even finished the question. <laughs> Whom? Okay, here we go. Whom did Michael Jackson teach to dance in the video for Jam? Macaulay Culkin. Wrong. Oh! I'll give I'll give Greg an option. Oh, okay. okay. I totally know who this is. He was a kid that was in the in the documentary. I can't remember his name. No. No. It is. It, it is Macaulay Culkin. It, it, well, Macaulay Culkin is absolutely in that video, but do you want to know? I'll tell you. The person, the person's Michael Jordan. Yes, Michael Jordan. But I got it wrong. Oh, okay. But it is Macaulay Culkin's the kid in the video. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. How many Michael Jackson songs were parodied by Weird Al Yankovic? Oh, jeez. Yeah, that, that seems right. Is that right? Very close. Four. <laughs> wrong way. Oh. Two. <laughs> Two, 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 so two. So what is it? It's and what eat are it they? and fat. Eat it and fat. Which parody what? Beat it and bad. Beat it yep. and bad. Bad. Bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, true or false? This yeah, this is your best chance to get one, Greg. True or false? <laughs> true or false? Michael Jackson was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame not once, but twice. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, true. true. Jackson Five, right? Yeah, Jackson true. Five and Michael Jackson. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't a shutout. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> exactly. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Yes. <laughs> With whom did Michael Jackson co-write "We Are the World"? Oh. Very famous songwriter. Right. I. Oh, Relevant. E no. I know this. I totally know this. He remains relevant today. Oh, yeah, I know. <clears throat> I'll give you a big, big hint. He's currently on a show. Oh, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Yes, yeah. oh. Lionel Richie. He's on American Idol right now as a judge. All right. uh, what happened to Michael Jackson during the filming of a Pepsi commercial in 1984? He fell down he the fire. stairs and got a fire. He, he was on fire. His hair caught fire. It did. After he fell down the stairs. <laughs> Josh, Josh wants to argue that he gave the full description of what happened. That's not right. Just he caught on fire. <laughs> and that's when he had his first plastic surgery. <laughs> and that's when he had his first plastic surgery, which wasn't even a trivia question, but Josh answered it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child of the 80s, what all can right. I say? All right, all right, all right. Okay, two more questions. Michael Jackson was raised which religious denomination? Yeah. 
Jehovah's Witness? Nope. Yep, Josh got it. Yeah. He answered reluctantly with Jehovah's Witness. Oh, I didn't know that. That's Baptist. Last. Talking, what, Indiana, right? Gary, yeah. Indiana. Gary. Yep. <clears throat> I think he died Nation of Islam, though. I don't know, though. Hmm. Uh, last question. So let me just say before we end the game. It was a valiant effort, but you came nowhere close to winning <laughs> from beautiful, sunny California. So enjoy your sunny weather, but you are not a Michael Jackson expert. <laughs> you need Last to do rush trivia. Rush trivia. Rush trivia. Well, what, when Rush becomes relevant again, perhaps. What? Oh. <laughs> Here the only we go. Thing I know of Rush is from I Love You, man. Yeah. Final question: Michael Jackson contributed contributed a song to which movie soundtrack? I mean, there's a lot. Ben, The Wiz, Captain EO. Uh, I'll give you the multiple choice. Okay. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, E.T. Really? Really? Huh. Ghostbusters. That was my guess, too, but that's wrong. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, I know, I know Star Wars. I know he, lo- I know that he loved ET. Oh, he didn't do the Imperial March. No, that actually wasn't him. <laughs> I have no idea. ET. Oh, it was ET. It okay, was yeah. ET. See, I knew he yeah. loved ET. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for phoning in to try and uh, defend your title. Maybe we'll let you keep the title since Josh shouldn't be allowed to hold it since he's a co-host. That's true. The 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 podcast will. We'll we'll discuss what should be done about this. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm happy with you shut up. So you just threw me a bone. Thank you again. Yeah. All right. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> so All right. Josh knows a bit about Michael Jackson. All right. So, so I know pop culture. <laughs> All of this things. You are, are very also pop a huge Michael Jackson fan. I. I'm it's mean, true. Most of those things are pop culture. There related. are huge Michael Jackson fans, and then there are just people who like retain. Like I am a Michael Jackson fan in the in the sense of I am a fan of Star Trek. I'm a fan of comic books. I'm a fan of everything. Okay. Um. Okay. All all of my wells are deep. <laughs> nice, and that's what she said. Um. <laughs> Yes. Go, go, going into the trending, wow. <laughs> going into That's the trending sweet. topic. Please no, <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, hey. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Michael Jackson. Um, okay. So continuing, continuing the story from last podcast, and you know the talk of the town for the last right. month. Right. Um, there's documentary Leaving Neverland. Um, it is about these two guys who have come out, and you know reaccused Michael Jackson's of the same thing that he was acquitted for um, several years ago. Um, and yeah, there's a, where do we start? There's a lot that goes into this. Um, the basic question that we want to, you know, get to recycled conversation from earlier in the week. How do we process this story from a Christian worldview? How do we discern truth? How do we know that what was presented years ago is different than what is presented now like how do we discern what is true in this whole thing um so what what's the deal with this leaving neverland documentary right it's about this kid or it's a he's a man now he two guys previously testified in defense 
Right. At least one of them. I don't know about the other guy, the safe Chuck guy. I don't know about him. But the other one um, previously testified in defense of Michael Jackson when his trial was going on. He has since um, been one of the people doing this documentary. He wants his story to be told now. It's finally time for him to get it out, along with this other man. Um, same thing. And the, the uh, I guess, argument for these guys is that then we didn't live in a time where you could have your story be heard, you know? It was, back then, it was Michael Jackson's story versus these kids' story, um, so on and so forth. Um, but now, you know, society, the culture is ready to, and this is due to, you know, just the same thing, 2017 with the Harvey Weinstein thing and everything that's come out since then, it's sort of along the same thing. You know, now people are more receptive, if you will, um, to people's stories and they, you know, they're willing to give it more credit. What's the problem with this whole thing? Sort of, let's start there. Well, I think it's not untrue, first of all, the idea that your story couldn't be heard um, as well as it can be. Sure. Um, so let's start with that premise as well. Like this whole thing and, and where we are now as in society, it's dynamic, right? It's not one yeah. or the other. You definitely had to fight more for your story to be heard back then in the really in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but that being said, if your story was sound, it got heard. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's what it comes down to. And I, I'm also going to say that the right people were listening. Um, and this is a thing that, I mean, I, you know, living in the living in the '90s and being fairly uh, aware of things back then. So I was, I think, I was 13 when. Uh, so that was like the height of Michael Jackson's popularity. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, the height of Michael Jackson's popularity, and it was well, maybe it wasn't the height because that was the eighties. Anyway, <laughs> but it, he was he was still incredibly popular and really well known. And it was like when that came out, people were ready to crucify him. Absolutely, I mean everybody was shocked about it, but they were ready to crucify him because he was a weirdo. And that's the era that they call you know the wacko Jacko era. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it was as. Um, I don't think that they were as unheard as they they make Are themselves. presenting. Yeah, yeah. as pre presented. But that doesn't matter because whether a person's guilty or not it, um, is not enforced by the public. We don't live by mob rule. Mm -hmm. So, Thank God. Yeah. So here's the thing. They were heard by the right people. You know, the FBI – uh, the I think the Santa Barbara or Santa Monica I yeah. can't remember one of the Santa of the multi multi agency multi agency investigations for ten years, and they're still being heard today. Like there's still people who are accusing um, where the where it's being investigated. So um, I I would disagree that their voice wasn't meaningful, and I think that's what's being said. Yeah, I think what's being said is that because they weren't heard and on the face of it accepted then um, th their voice wasn't significant or meaningful. That I reject. It, uh, did they get heard by – did they get heard, 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 uh, listened to by <laughs> – did they get listened to by the people that they have now? Did they have the platform that they do now to speak without having any sort of input? Um, no. 
you absolutely have that now. And that's one of the chaoses that we have in the in the industry in general. You have the upsetters like YouTube, where everybody has a voice. You have the upsetters like blogs and, and yeah. WordPress and things like that, where everybody's a critic. You have the upsetters like cameras on your phones, where everybody's a photographer. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, so there's absolutely no question that your your story can be heard more now than it was before but was their story not meaningful or significant did the right people not listen to it were they completely ignored no that's absolutely untrue well and it's confusing from the get-go like i said because half of the party here was the other way you know s swung in defense so right i think they both did really but... yes yeah, so yeah I, I don't know but so already it's like wait what didn't you guys why is it different now another thing worth noting um, and I don't think either of us, either, th either any of us have seen it. I no, I haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, this new documentary on HBO. Um, but w we've all read about it and heard about it, um, extensively. This documentary, documentary is, um, apparently very one-sided. <laughs> like it's very one-sided. Unapologetically. Unapologetically. They're like outspoken that. They didn't want to interview anyone else. They didn't want any sort of objective um, angle, you know, angles to be whatever. You know what I mean? They didn't want any sort of um, secondary sources or whatever. It's purely their story. Sure, and they so, didn't want to fact check. Yeah, they didn't want anything like that. And so now we have a decision, if you will, to make. Like, do we take the... 10-year, like you said, multi-agency, thorough investigation um, as truth. And is that what we're going to operate off of? Um, that he was innocent. He was acquitted of these crimes. Yes, he was very eccentric. Yes, he was weird. Yes, he probably invited a lot of um, perceptions um, onto himself by the way he lived and choices he made and stuff. But in regards to... The crimes he was accused of, he was found innocent. Are we going to accept that, or are we going to accept two people story as truth now? So how do we... Okay, so this thing is so multi-layered mm -hmm. that, that, you know, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to. I mean, I, I'm in total agreement with what, you know, Josh had to say in regard to the... Um, your story heard. You know, the story, well, the, clearly there has been a cultural shift. And, mm -hmm. and, and um, my observation is, is that there are elements in our society today, those that are on the far left in their philosophy of how they approach things, that they will throw out a false narrative just to see if somebody will will uh, if it sticks yeah. yeah just to see if it'll stick and just right. to see if somebody will will come alongside them and say yeah i'm all about that and i mean we saw we saw it in the extreme um for example during the kavanaugh meetings uh, hearings but the the reality of it is is that we've got people throwing out these false narratives all the time and you have to ask yourself this question um, again, right on target, you know, uh, he was, um, you know, this went to trial and it was through the court system, multi-investigations, and this individual is, um, you know, uh, stated one thing under oath during the trial 
and now is coming out with the complete opposite. So you have to ask yourself, um, and either way discredits what you're saying, were you a liar then or are you a liar now? And then you also have to ask yourself the question, um, what is your motive? Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to spec. This is pure speculation here, but I'm willing to speculate that this documentary was not done uh, for HBO for free. Well, I mean, HBO bought it. You mean the guy benefited financially from it? I don't know. Yes, likely he did. And I don't know. I don't think he did. I, I don't think he did, but I, I know that there's like... I'd be willing to speculate that he did. And I've that, heard and that there's like book deals involved. There's and that's my whole stuff. point. That's my whole point, is that he's going to take this false narrative that he doesn't want fact-checked, so he doesn't want to... He's just going to throw something out there, and he's got a... a fi- there is a financial angle to it and when you weigh all of those things together they really work to discredit anything that the guy has to say and and from a biblical perspective when we go into scripture and we look at how it is you know you had to have um under jewish law you had to have uh, two to three witnesses that collaborate the assertion and that and that it could be verified before you were found guilty of uh, a transgression and and from a biblical perspective in the new testament uh, particularly against leaders in the church the same standard exists and this nonsense of people throwing out whatever they they oh it's just rampant at our society today um i the illustration would be, you know, what we've been through through the last two years with the uh, with the Mueller investigation on the political side. I mean, now, this- my my point very quickly is this: no collusion was involved with Donald Trump and the and the uh, you know in his campaign, but there is hard documented evidence. That there was plenty of collusion uh, on the by the Democrats. So going back to Michael Jackson, which think, is the false narrative. I think that it's a it's just a really multifaceted issue. For me, the question that I ask myself in regard to his legacy is, what if he is guilty? Well, he's dead, so he's already stood judgment. Okay, yeah, but, but but the how question we receive right the, the question music, I ask myself his impact is, right. I think I think that there is absolutely no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that if he was guilty, it would have come out already because of the level of scrutiny um, in which he was under um, from like multiple agencies, as we've talked about through multiple years. That being so, I don't believe that he's guilty. But even if he was guilty, how do we look at his work? And so I look at somebody whose work. So when I'm thinking about this, I look at somebody whose work, like take Roman Polanski, right? I look at somebody whose work um, who has been convicted, and what is my stance on that? So Roman Polanski, he was convicted of, I think it was pedophilia, essentially. Yes, and in absentia, yes. And he fled the country. Right, he fled the country after he was convicted, before he could go to prison. And so 
And but his you know um, his movies are still being made. They're still being shown over here. He won an Oscar. He won an Oscar pianist, while he was yep know, for standing pianist. ovation. Yep. Um, same thing with uh, same thing with Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. So like I R Kelly. <sighs> R, well, to name a, 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 I just don't. I know people are like connecting R. Kelly, but I just don't think R. Kelly is as prolific as people think he is. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't I never, personally get R. Kelly. I never heard of him until this whole thing. Have you heard the song "I Believe I Can Fly"? Uh, no. Ignition okay. remix. Okay. No. <laughs> In the closet. Give me, give me a country western. Uh, does he? Does it? Has he done any country at all? Yeah, I tried In to throw you closet. John. I tried to throw you John Wayne, and you threw him back at me. So no more country western for you. Listen, if I have the chance to listen to Burt Bacharach or or Michael Jackson, I'm gonna listen to Michael Jackson. Burt Bacharach? That That's is right. a deep dive. Anyways, as you're saying, like Woody Allen, for example. <laughs> All right, so you got these people. You got these people who actually. Well, I guess Woody Allen wasn't convicted, but uh, but it was like a known thing, like. Anyway, it was he admitted he admitted that he had this relationship. Yeah, he's a little on the strange um, side. But too. anyway, you have these people who are who are cultural. Uh, let's call them pillars, pop culture pillars in society. Um, they're part of the lexicon. If you remove them, the lexicon collapses. Right. So you have these people. Michael Jackson's definitely one of them. And what are our thoughts on that? I think that that goes back to what we we're talking about earlier with like Thomas Jefferson, for say. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you remove Thomas Jefferson because he was a slave owner? Like, do you remove him from American history? If you do, American history collapses. I think it's better to relegate those things if they even are true. So you have the one side where you have to be careful with it, and then mm-hmm. the other side with what do you do with it on a moral level. Yeah. I think that you have to relegate those things to. At the very worst, you have to relegate them to being um, a museum piece, right? So it's like it's a collected Mm. piece that goes in a museum where people understand. And so what I mean by that is like let's say in Germany, I don't – oh, this goes back to the statues too. But like in Germany, I don't believe that you get rid of Mm -hmm. every instance of Nazism in Germany. I think you put it in a museum and you put a big fat warning on it. Right, and then you and then you do a uh, Don Wilder can do a show about it under Mysteries of the Museum. Okay, and then so <laughs> this is where I play. <laughs> Please no, 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 <laughs> no. So, so I think you. I think you do that, but. So and that's if you know that somebody's guilty. Mm. So it's the two it's the twofold, right? And so for me, I don't really understand because I don't think he's guilty based on the evidence. I and and, and I and I think I have to hold that level for guilt or then everyone is guilty. Mm-hmm. If everyone's guilty, then why does it matter? That's the thing. Everybody you can deep dive into everybody. Everybody's guilty of something. Not even deep dive. <laughs> you don't have to right. that deep Well, and then you don't and we haven't e- I mean, you haven't even begun to get into the the uh, the extrinsic his eccentricities his eccentricities uh, and how what they're developed out of because this, you know, you got to have lots and lots and lots <laughs> of sympathy for this guy that really had no childhood at all or mm-hmm. very very warped mm-hmm. and and uh you know that people only talk about that to explain some of the the weirdness that that was there and how he transitioned 
uh, from childhood into adulthood. Um, that doesn't or, even or come never into really play. Did. <laughs> or, or well, right. Or well, I don't really want. Did. I mean, I don't. I don't agree with excusing his. I'm not excusing. I'm saying that people go through a normal process of behavior and development uh, socially and psychologically, and he was clearly underdeveloped. Yes, but if he did do that. If he did do that, it wouldn't be an excuse. It'd just be an explanation. It, well, and that's what I'm saying. It is an explanation. Nonetheless, you know, the reality of it is, is that I go back to, I agree with what you're saying, that, you know, the weight of evidence, which has already been weighed and examined for years and years and years, is that he is not guilty of what he's being accused of. And the reality of it is, is we have this now individual who stands to profit in, I'm going to speculate again, who stands to profit in some form making this false narrative, and was he a liar then, or is he a liar now? Yeah. So, so, so for me, what happens is, if we allow that sort of ideology, like in regard to Michael Jackson, if we allow that sort of ideology, so he's like a pillar of pop culture, right? If we allow that ideology to, to grab hold of us, where, when, where somebody is essentially guilty until proven innocent, mm-hmm. um, even, though the, even though our best attempts, our concerted and aggressive best attempts <laughs> from multiple agencies, uh, and the weight of public opinion weigh against the evidence. What was that line I read? There are points where the apparently irresistible force of moral outrage runs into immovable objects of cultural history. Right. If we if we do that, then I feel like what we're what we're game for is a sort of societal chaos, right? Because, like I said, then everything. Um, every little thing becomes the biggest thing possible. <laughs> and that may seem, again, what Michael Jackson is accused right, of, do not right. get me wrong, that is not a little thing. Right. What Michael Jackson is accused of is not a little thing. But because of how it's being played against the weight of the things that are pushing against it, it's being treated as if it has more power than evidence. And when things have more power than evidence, then you have no standard for truth. And when there's no standard for truth, then everything becomes dangerous. That is not a pun. Everything becomes bad. That is. <laughs> and then everything is a thriller. No. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, wow. All of a sudden, wow. everything's the off trifecta. the wall. All of a sudden, everything's off the wall. Um, <laughs> and if I can throw a fifth one in there, it'd be the Jackson 5. The, I, I, I think that that and what people don't understand Wow. Joseph Jesse just said, typing this up on my new used iPhone 7. Welcome to 2016, Joe. <laughs> Welcome to 2016, Joe. <laughs> um, I think that... Can't wait for you to get to 2019. Right. <laughs> three years to go. I think that it becomes super problematic. Like, hyper, hyper, hyper problematic. And the thing that people don't understand is when they deconstruct reality this way, when they deconstruct reality to the point where nothing has any meaning because when it's weighed against our best understanding of truth and it's viewed as inappropriate still or not even true still, even though it's weighed against our best understanding of truth, then that means truth has no meaning. And then we get back into the Ouroboros conversation, right, where eventually that 
demon that you've created by allowing truth to be out by allowing your best understanding of truth to be outweighed by your feelings will come back on you that's the truth and the reality of it is is that we have a fringe element of society who is very vocal who is pushing this exact agenda and we see more and more on so many levels the idea that that uh, that is exactly what is happening the loudest is true well and it does it is a fringe element of society in most cases that are pushing are pushing this agenda um, a really good example of that is what's going on in the United the United Methodist Church mm -hmm. I know that mm -hmm. we don't cover that right now um, in, in this particular program, but to give you context for what I'm talking about, even within the church itself, in the United Methodist Church, there was a vote that, that just took place, and it was shut down. They were trying to make LGBTQIA um, pastors, pastors uh, um, like uh, acceptable within, within the United Methodist Church. I'll be honest, I thought they already were. And that's because most of them already, they can choose what they want to, but they were trying to make it part of that vote. And it got shot down. It got shot down because the majority of the church doesn't actually believe that. It's a small percentage. Right. And that's the same case with a lot of things that are like that way, where we have this idea that, that um, whatever is popular you know, like if it's in Hollywood it's or yeah. whatever, it actually represents the majority because they are the vocal majority. Right. So, but that's not, you know, but that's not the case. And we have to be really discerning uh, about that. Mm -hmm. You said something earlier in the week that I think is interesting and I'll allow you to re-say it. Um, Uh-oh. No, <laughs> I don't know if my memory is good enough. It's simple. And I think it's, I think it's interesting um, regarding Michael Jackson. If that, if he were true, uh, a song like Man in the Mirror. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, here's my thing. Okay. If, if, if Michael Jackson did commit those crimes, which we don't operate on the premise that they are true, I don't Again. think that we can responsibly. That's, mm -hmm. that's a really important point. But if, but if Michael Jackson did commit those crimes, then I think that it doesn't cheapen his work. And here's, here's my example for that. You take a song like Man in the Mirror, which is off the album Bad, like 1987, I think, uh, or 86, and it's arguably, it's arguably one of the best songs ever written, both melodically and lyrically and so on and so forth, right? It's deep, and people like have come to really appreciate that song. And so now people want to throw away his catalog and pretend that it never existed, mm -hmm. not based on evidence, but they want to do that. But... What does that say about Man in the Mirror? Because Man in the Mirror is a very, um, it's an empathetic song to humanity and it's a sympathetic song from humanity. Everybody can relate to Man in the Mirror. Yes, even women can relate to Man in the Mirror. The idea that we are overlooking things in our lives that are terrible. Now let me ask you a question. If a person who had gone to prison wrote Man in the Mirror, somebody who was convicted of a crime wrote Man in the Mirror, what would that say about that person? That would say that that person who was convicted of a crime understood that something was deeply wrong about them, deeply troubling about who they are, and that they needed to make a change for what they, from the way that they had been. To me, that gives a much more profound meaning to the character of the person who wrote that song. Yeah, and so that 
Not yeah. to say that we should imply that into the song that Michael Jackson is sure. actually talking about but it, it's, molesting it's, little kids. It's against the argument that you should now take his music off air. You know, you should remove episodes of this from this show. You know, don't play any music on this radio station. You know, take... Well, that his music doesn't have any positive meaning. It's yeah. just not true. Completely... Artists are... Since, uh, again, this is not... I'm not excusing it, Okay. Artists are eccentric people. I'm not excusing when they do things that are heinous, and there are plenty who do things that are heinous. We don't take the Marquis de Sade's work off the shelves, even though the word sadism comes from the Marquis de Sade because he was a jacked-up person. Okay? We don't take his work off the shelves. We don't uh, – we give standing ovations to Roman Polanski. Like, what are we talking about here when we're willing to – when we are willing to, to do that? When we're willing to do that and pretend that it didn't exist, we're talking about a new level of censorship. To me, that is no different than when the Nazis book burned mm. in order to in order to rewrite the history because they understood that the best way to destroy an idea was to rewrite history. If we're against that, then how can we be for <clears throat> Michael Jackson being removed from history? Part one and part two. There's another reference. Um that's a really terrible thing and if that can be done to him a man who is not convicted what will be done to you that's a really important thing to ask mm -hmm. well yeah i think that's the reality of what of what many people are going to be facing is what can you you know what what can you take away um of having any security if you've lived your life okay michael jackson obviously had some you know eccentric you know, eccentricity eccentricities that that uh, that people focused in on but what about the average person out there that just lives their life and tries to mind their own business and absolutely anybody can make an accusation or create a false narrative without any proof whatsoever and can destroy people's lives and we're coming to that point where that's exactly what's what's beginning to happen yeah is that you know um this is happening on on so many levels but that but that is because of where our society has gone philosophically and the idea of a of a uh, a standard of truth um, no longer exists today as we as we drift into uh, narcissism and nihilism. Yeah, it's a very dangerous time. Whether Michael Jackson committed those crimes or not, the fact that essentially, okay, whether Michael Jackson committed those crimes or not, the fact that essentially people don't care. Yeah, and we we touch on it all the time. Like, it just takes one li one little type. You know, if we're talking about today, one little tweet. Oh yeah, I heard Michael Jackson did this, and a retweet, and a retweet, and a retweet, and then like what? And then it's not even like can destroy someone's life because people will see that, and people that don't, you know, aren't up on the news and don't do their diligence and stuff. Like that is just true because I saw it out yeah, there, and so yeah, now exactly. like now he's tarnished like unfairly and without proof, and just because one person said something once, and that could happen to you if we keep going in this mm -hmm. the same way. Um, yeah, and let me be clear. It yes, it will destroy your life and your reputation, or your or the history of your of your work. Let me let me be clear. I do not 
think that Michael Jackson did it, but I am absolutely for the presentation of evidence that he did. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, and, I'm, you, and I'm open to believing it, too. But again, if, well, and, it, you, and again, though, it's, it's hard yeah. with this thing because they, don't, they are unapologetic about not wanting to produce any. And that says something to their, that speaks to their credibility right up front. Right, but in this generation, it doesn't, and that's that's where that's where we get into really dangerous territory. And I'm really scared for the for the generation that my children are growing mm-hmm. up in. I agree. Critical I agree. thought is a very very important piece of the puzzle that's being left behind. They don't care whether he did it or not. He is a freak, and because of that, he is crucified. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. By the way. Side note to not end on that note. <laughs> Please. <laughs> John Parker just posted a link to R. An Kelly. episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. No. <laughs> he posted a link to R. Kelly doing a country song. For you. Thank you, John Parker. This is for real? Yeah. This is R. Kelly doing Barely Breathing. No Conway twitting. I'm really weirded out by this. It is very country. <laughs> Would you listen to this? I'd listen to it. It, it wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't turn it off. I'd, I'd, I'd listen to it. <laughs> I wouldn't turn it off. Let's put it that way. <laughs> does it have a, Does it have enough uh, twang. twang in it for you? But I wouldn't go out and I wouldn't go out and buy Find it. Find it, yeah, buy it. It has no Conway Twitty, but the album is called The Buffet. <laughs> okay, and so because it's a buffet, he's uh, including <laughs> country in there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate it. We do. John, right. John notes that the uh, care, quote unquote, is fleeting. It w- he'd be interested to see if people are still aware or talking about these movements in three to five years. We didn't talk about it. Maybe we can on the next show. But I'm thinking about the Simpsons and how they like uh, are saying that in no publication and no streaming are they ever going to show that Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson again, right? yeah. episode again. That's yeah. yeah that's I I'd be interested to come back and revisit this topic and see if. Uh, and see what this is like in six months, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I think you can make an argument <laughs> that people will be talking about it in three to five to 50 years if you're John Wayne. Like, yeah. what? it's just, what will the new accusation be? Well, what maybe, will be the new problem with maybe, this person? Maybe you know? with the Ouroboros effects, people won't talk about it because everything is that way. Yeah, so, so then nothing is actually relevant. What do you mean Michael Jackson molested boys? What difference does that make? Everything is nothing. As long as you feel that you can molest children, that's love. We were supposed to end on R. Kelly. <laughs> Sorry. Dude. Here, we can end on this. <laughs> just end it Here. on we can, no, no, We can end on this. Joseph Come Jesse on. Joseph Jesse just said, perhaps our, our resident adjunct professor of finances can help us with this analogy. Joseph Jesse just said, country music is the equivalent to moving from stocks to bonds. <laughs> from stock what does that mean what joseph that jesse mean? i have no idea what that means i'm not sure what joe has in mind when he states that except that uh you know obviously <laughs> bonds are uh, <laughs> bonds are much safer than than stocks and you have a uh, established uh 
that establish interest rate at maturity. So you're re you're <laughs> twisting what Joseph said. So basically, you're saying country music is safer. Well, no, Go out it, and it get is some safer, bonds. and it goes back it goes back <laughs> to the issue that that uh, within on on the two coasts. We should fade to black as Pastor Monty is talking about this. On the two coasts is where you're going to find all this if alternative and weird music. Topics or just throughout the rest of history, <laughs> throughout the rest Go of the country, the country music. On the Facebook comments. No, seriously. Uh, if you're interested in what we're talking about today, check out the stories. Check out the comments on the Facebook video, the Facebook comment section. If you're, um, if you have something you're interested in, as always, feel free to submit your um, proposal for what we talk about on the next episode on our Facebook page at Culture Insanity. And then if you're completely new to your faith or to Christ or the Bible, you can check out the help tab on abfpdx.org. Um, what's going on tomorrow? What time? Tomorrow we have, we're hosting something here at Lathia Bible Fellowship that I will probably be streamed. Tomorrow? I, the 17th? I don't think Sunday? so. You're thinking of the 24th. Hey, I'm a week off. Yeah, you're a week off. You're a week off. I'm a week off. The 24th. We tomorrow have Irish Day. a young... Yeah, <laughs> I don't even yeah, know. Stop that. <laughs> we Please, have no, our first, no, our first no. episode of the Young Lectern series. Oh, yeah. Tiles. Tiles is coming up. The Young yeah. Lectern series. Yeah. yeah, that's on the 24th. We have a young woman, Caitlin Ebert. She is going to be discussing... Caitlin Ebert from Prince of Peace, not endorsed, um, <laughs> who's going to be... St- <laughs> Wow. Uh, who's she's of her own. The views expressed in this in this <laughs> tiles event do not express the views of Alethea Prince of Peace. Um oh, Prince of Peace. But um so she is going to be discussing naturalism, which is basically Darwinian evolution and going to be talking about like basically her views on that in regard to Christianity. And so we just want to give people, young people who feel like they have something to say that's meaningful and is doctrinally sound, um, the opportunity to come talk about that. We'll be having a couple of those a year, just young people talking about things from a very um, serious standpoint. We want to give them that platform. So that's what Tiles is. Mm -hmm. That's the 24th at 7. We'll be streaming that. You can watch that here on Culture Insanity or any of our other sister podcasts. Speaking of Truth Time with Pastor Monty, Tuesdays at 11. Yep. Yep, every week. Um, look forward to that. Uh, look forward to the Daily Burstcast Monday through Friday on Instagram, but I believe they're on Facebook as well. Um, I think they, I think Facebook owns Instagram, so yeah. Yeah, they get shared both ways. Yeah. Um, and yeah, next month, April. Cross X is on church racism. Yeah, that should be interesting. We're dealing Yay. with intersectionality and whether there's uh, well the end racism in the church. Yeah, this month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the end of this month, you're right, you're the 31st. Right. You're right, you're so right. not so the week so we're doing tiles next week and then the week after we're doing cross examination. Full plates. So look forward to that. Seven PM hosted here at Alathia. Yeah. Um you can tune in at seven o'clock also and Pastor Monty joins the joins the uh, the busy guy. The thing we need to get the Smash Brothers, you know, a new challenger approaches oh, yeah, totally, like totally. that, you know. Anyways, so thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Out. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs>